Section 14 of Offhand Sketches. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sandra Estenson. Offhand Sketches by T.S. Arthur. Driving a Hard Bargain. We know a great many businessmen, famous for driving hard bargains, who would consider an insinuation that they were not influenced by honest principles in their dealings a gross outrage. And yet, such an insinuation would involve only the truth. Hard bargains, by which others are made to suffer in order that we may gain, are not honest transactions, and calling them so don't in the least alter their quality. We have our doubts whether men who overreach others in this way are really gainers in the end. They get to be known and are dealt with by the wary as sharpers. A certain manufacturer, we will not say of what place, for our story being substantially true, to particularize in this respect would be almost like pointing out the parties concerned, was obliged to use the kind of goods imported only by two or three houses. The article was indispensable in his business, and his use of it was extensive. This man, whom we will call Eldon, belonged to the class of bargain makers. It was a matter of principle with him never to close a transaction without, if possible, getting an advantage. The ordinary profits of trade did not satisfy him. He wanted to go a little deeper. The consequence was that almost everyone was on the lookout for him, and it not unfrequently happened that he paid more for an article which he imagined he was getting in consequence of some maneuver at less than cost than his next-door neighbor who dealt fairly and above board. One day, a Mr. Ladd, an importer, called upon him and said, I'd like to close out that entire lot of goods, Eldon. I wish you'd take them. How many pieces have you left? inquired Eldon, with assumed indifference. It occurred to him, on the instant, that the merchant was a little pressed, and that, in consequence, he might drive a sharp bargain with him. Two hundred. Eldon shook his head. What's the matter? asked Ladd. The lot is too heavy. You'll work up every piece before six months. No, indeed, not in twelve months. Oh, yes, you will. I looked over your account yesterday and find that you have had a hundred and fifty pieces from me alone, and in six months. You must be in error. No, it is just as I say. Well, what terms do you offer? If you will take the entire lot, you may have them for ten and quarter, three months. Eldon thought for a few moments and then shook his head. You must say better than that. What better can you ask? You've been buying a dozen pieces at a time for ten and a half cash, and now I offer you the lot at ten and a quarter, three months. 
not inducement enough. If you will say 10 at six months, perhaps I will close with you. No, I have named the lowest price and best terms. If you like, take the goods, well and good. If not, why, you can go on and pay 10 and a half cash as before. I'll give you what I said. Oh no, Mr. Eldon, not a cent less will bring them. Very well, then we can't trade, said the manufacturer. As you like, replied the merchant, and the two men parted. Now Eldon thought the offer of Lad a very fair one, and meant to accept of it, if he could make no better terms. But seeing that the merchant had taken the pains to come and offer him the goods, he suspected that he was in want of money, and would take less than he asked, in order to get his note and pass it through the bank. But he erred in this. Eldon fully expected to see Mr. Ladd before three days went by. But two weeks elapsed. And, as there had been no visit from the dealer, the manufacturer found it necessary to go to him in order to get a fresh supply of goods. So he went to see him. I must have a dozen pieces of those goods today, said he, as he met Mr. Ladd. Very well, they are at your service. You'll sell them at ten and a quarter, I suppose. Mr. Ladd shook his head. But you offered them at that, you know. I offered the whole lot at that price, and the offer is still open, though I am in no way particular about selling. Since ten dollars and a quarter apiece had been mentioned, the idea of paying more had become entirely obliterated from the mind of Eldon. But if you can sell for ten and a quarter, three months, you can sell the same for cash. So I can, but I don't mean to. The merchant felt a little fretted. Eldon was disappointed. He stood chaffering for some time longer, but finding it impossible to bring Lad over to his terms, he finally agreed to take the two hundred pieces at ten and a quarter on his note at three months. Still, he was far from being satisfied. He had fully believed that the merchant was pressed for money, and that he would, in consequence, be able to drive a hard bargain with him. Notwithstanding, he had been compelled to go to Lad and accept his terms. He yet believed that money was an object to him, and that, rather than not have the sale confirmed, he would let it be closed at ten dollars apiece on a note at six months. So firmly was he impressed with this idea, that he finally concluded to assume, boldly, that ten dollars was the price agreed upon, and to affect surprise that the bill expressed another rate. In due time the goods were delivered, and the bill sent in. Immediately upon this being done, Eldon called upon the merchant, and said, in a confident manner, as he laid the bill, he had received upon his desk. You've made a mistake, haven't you? How? In charging these goods. No, I told you the price would be ten and a quarter, didn't I? I believe not. I understood the terms to be ten dollars at six months. You offered that, but I positively refused it. I am sure I understood you as accepting my offer and ordered the goods to be sent home under that impression. If so, you erred. 
coolly replied Lad. I can't take them at the price called for in this bill, said Eldon, assuming a positive air, and thinking by doing so, Lad would deem it his better policy to let the goods go at ten dollars. Then you can send them home, replied the merchant, in a manner that offended Eldon. Very well. I will do so, and you may keep your goods, he retorted, betraying as he spoke a good deal of warmth. And the goods were sent back. Both parties feeling offended. Lad at the glaring attempt made to overreach him, and Eldon because the other would not submit to being overreached. On the following day, Eldon started out in search of another lot of the goods he wanted, and thought himself fortunate in meeting with some in the hands of a dealer named Miller, but demurred when twelve dollars and a half apiece were asked for them. I can't take less, was the reply. But, said Eldon, Lad has the same article for ten and a half. You don't pretend to put his goods alongside of mine, returned Miller. Eldon examined them more closely. They are better, it is true, but the difference is not so great as the price. Look again. Another close examination was made. They are finer and thicker, certainly, but you ask too much for them. It's my lowest price. They will bring it in the market, which is now bare. Won't you let me have a dozen pieces at twelve dollars? asked Eldon. Can't sell a piece for less than what I said. Eldon hung on for some time, but finally ordered a dozen pieces to be sent home and paid the bill, though with a bad grace. Still, he was so angry with Lad because he had shown a proper resentment at the effort made to overreach him, that he determined to buy no more of his goods if he could supply himself at a higher price. Thus matters went on for five or six months, Eldon supplying himself at the store of Miller and reconciling himself to the serious advance in price, with the reflection that Lad's goods were remaining dead on his hands. At last Miller's supply was exhausted. Eldon called one day and ordered a dozen pieces and received for answer, not a piece in the store. What? All gone? said Eldon. Yes, you got the last some days ago. I'm sorry for that. Lad has a good stock on hand, but I don't care about dealing with him if I can help it. He's a crusty sort of a fellow. Has no other house a supply? Not to my knowledge. There's only a limited demand for the article, you know, and but few importers care about ordering it for the reason that it goes off slowly. Eldon tried several places, but couldn't find a yard. By the next day his workers would be idle, and so he had no alternative but to call upon Lad. The merchant received him pleasantly, and they chatted for a while on matters and things in general. At last Eldon, though it went against the grain, said, I want you to send me twenty pieces of those goods around with the bill. The merchant smiled blandly and replied, Sorry, I can't accommodate you, but I haven't a yard in the store. What? Lad looked blank. No, I've sold off the entire lot and concluded not to import any more of that class of goods. 
Ah, I supposed they were still on hand. No, I placed them in the hands of Miller, and he has worked them all off for me at a considerable advance on former prices. He notified me a week ago that the lot was closed out and rendered account sales at twelve and a half per piece. Lad said all this seemingly unconscious that every word he was uttering fell like a blow upon his old customer, but he understood it all very well and had caught the hard bargain maker in a trap he little dreamed had been laid for his feet. Eldon stammered out some half-coherent responses and took his departure with more evidence of his discomfiture in his face and manner than he wished to appear. He had, in fact, been paying twelve dollars and a half for the very goods he had sent back because he couldn't get them for ten dollars at six months' credit. Eldon did not understand how completely he had overreached himself until a part of his establishment had been idle for days and he had been compelled to go to New York and purchase some fifty pieces of the goods he wanted for cash at twelve dollars per piece, a price that he is still compelled to pay, as neither Lad nor any other importing house in the city has since ordered a case from abroad. So much for driving a hard bargain. End of chapter 14 Driving a Hard Bargain